All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's after 5 o'clock. Jason Greger, Connor Halley, Speck will be uh, joining us momentarily. It is the Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We uh, did our picks for uh, today. For uh, Play Alberta, we do uh, three picks a day and uh, 20 bones. And at the end of the month, if we're up anything we win, uh, we donate to uh, charity. Uh, we won a grand total of uh, $60 in uh, the uh, in September. And uh, currently now, we are uh, breaking even. So, uh, you know what? But it's only the 16th. So, uh, um, you know what? We need to get uh, on a little bit better of a, of a, of a string here. So, um, we uh, today, we have the... Uh, Maple Leafs over Chicago. The uh, Blue Jackets over the Red Wings. Boone Jenner going to get another uh, another Hattie? Probably not, but still, we'd like it. And we uh, went with the uh, Rangers over the Coyotes. So let's see how it goes. Players. And, uh, oh, by the way, we always said, uh, you know what's great? The texters. We don't even have to ask anymore. Texters are like, hey, here's the game you got to go for. So, uh uh, sometimes we go with one text or sometimes with two uh, suggestions. Feel free to text them in at 833-401-1440. And uh, we went with the uh, Columbus because uh, they're the uh, they're a little bit of a home dog. So why not? I like that one from James. So there you have it. Let's get to the uh, spec report now brought to you by GS Construction. And uh, they are hiring right now. Busy time of the year. They're ramping up. So go to Indeed.com, look up GS Construction, apply today. And uh, they got uh, a few openings left for some uh, great work with a great company. And uh, just put in the comments when you apply, you're a big fan of Taran Sandwith. Just telling you, he monitors them all. That'll get you in the good books. Guaranteed. As uh, Mark Spector joins us from Nashville. Spec, now I th- usually it's uh, muggy. Matthias Ekholm was talking about how hot it was there, but it's not hot right now. In, in Nashville, a, a rare kind of cool day for them. But um, you look at the uh, Preds, they're a young team. They got some veterans, but, they, you know, when they traded at home, I think that was the start of them realizing they're going to go in a retooling phase here. Um, Leon Drysaddle has beaten the uh, the Preds for fun uh, himself almost. 
And uh, it looks like Jay Woodcroft, uh, based on... Now, we know that Woodcroft will do one thing in practice and then something different in the game, which I really don't understand why he does it. But nonetheless, uh, he did have him at McDavid with Drysaddle and Kane today. I actually don't mind this move. Some people say, oh, it's desperate. It's only two games. I'm like, hey, your star player has no points five on five. I don't want that to become three games. So I have no problem putting the most dangerous duo in the league together and let them get some mojo. What about you? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think you can you can both sides this one, Jay. You know what? You're, what you just said is true. McDavid needs a bit of a push start here at five on five play. I mean, the whole team does. Uh, that then this is what you do. I don't. Um, you know, I, I don't. I like their lines. I don't mind their lines. I think the guys on the lines just have to play better. So obviously, two games in, they're they're basically blowing up the plan they had. That third line changes, the second line changes, the first line changes, the fourth line barely played in, in the second game of the season. So, you know, you could look at what's going on here and say, man, they didn't stick with it for very long, did they? Yeah, I don't really expect them to, to be honest. Right? Um, like, there's a few teams that run, but I was looking back last year, man. Like, there's there's not a lot of teams that are running with the same line combinations for extended period of time. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, well, three games in a row. Is that an extended period of time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've, you, you've got – you like, now's the time to do it. Like, we can say the orders are playing well, but they've scored one goal five on five in two games. I think now is the easy time to do it. Hey, buddy, uh, who's saying the orders are playing well, first of all? <laughs> right? Nobody. They're not playing well. You know, yeah, the shot clock was good the other night. Big deal. So, sure, you know, this is a coach mixing up his lineup because he doesn't like the way they're playing. And and I thought of Vander Kane. You were talking to him today. I saw you in the video. Uh, you know, his comments about how we got to get inside and we got to go to the net more and you know, that's him saying what he's got to do because he's been a, you know, he's been of all the guys up front who are supposed to be hard and hard to play against and taking people to the net and stuff. He hasn't been doing it, so he knows what he's got to do. He knows what the team's got to do. They got to win net front at both sides. They're getting crushed in front of their own net. Oh. That is the are in front of the others, right? Yep. Yeah, we talked about that. Like when people, oh, there's deflection goals, not the goalie's fault. Okay, maybe, but DeSmith did make a few saves that maybe you shouldn't make. So at some point, your goalie needs to do that. But if you're standing by the guy and you don't have a stick on him, what are you doing? Right? Might as well not even stand beside him. So standing there, oh, look, I got him covered. Well, no, you don't if you don't have a stick covered. So I agree. Yeah, the, like, the orders yeah. could be tougher in the in the important areas on the ice. Yeah, you know, like the football analogy is. If you lose the line of scrimmage, you lose the game. You know, if you can't run and you can't block and you can't keep the other team from getting your quarterback, you almost always lose because you've lost the line of scrimmage. Well, the, the hockey side of that is net front, right? It doesn't matter if you think you got the guy. If he's tipping pucks home from the top of the blue paint, you don't have the guy. If you lose the front of your net, they score two crappy tip goals and they beat you 4-3 like Vancouver did. I mean, they're good goals. But you shouldn't allow those to be scored on you. And the other side of it is, if you're not getting to the net offensively, if you're not collecting some garbage, if you're not tipping any pucks, if they're not allowing you to be in there yeah. playing that hard game, then they're beating you at that end too. And the orders through six periods lost net front probably in five of them. Yeah. And that's how you lose hockey games. I look at, hey, the goaltending, to me, it's kind of a no-brainer. Now, based on practice, it looked now, I know we saw, you know, the, I think it was the one time they had Skinner in the starters net spec, and they started Campbell. So, who knows? Like, Woodcroft likes to play his weird games. I don't really understand why. 
But yep. um, like to me, it's got to be Jack Campbell. Does it? Not, I don't. I wouldn't go back to Stuart Skinner. He's played six periods and has a seven fifty save percentage. Well, the other guys played two periods and has a seven fifty save percentage. So, um, sure, you know. Uh, listen, I wrote this column today about the goaltending, and yeah, you know, you make the point. You can look back at the four goals and say all four of them are acceptable goals to be scored against you. You know, the tips, there's a 2-on-0, and Ekholm gets flat-out beat by Lafferty, and that shot comes from below the circle, and it is a bullet, right? You're shooting on me from 10 feet away. Sometimes you're going to score. So I get all that. But look at the big picture. Go back to playoffs. This team's had the second-best goalie on the ice for four games in a row here, right? And we can make all the excuses we want, but that's a fact. In the last two games of that series against Vegas – Skinner was the second best goalie by a long shot. And in the first two games of this season, the Oilers goalie has been the second best goalie by a long shot. So at some point, somebody's got to make a save they're not supposed to make. Every expected goal can't be in your net. And once in a while, the Casey DeSmith, who's who's standing on his head, he should be wearing blue and orange instead of the other team's colors. That's totally fair, man. Um, So who would you start tomorrow? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not rewarding Skinner for the start he had against uh, against Vancouver. So on that side, I say it's. Yeah, I'm going to start Campbell because because I'm I'm giving guys a turn until they grab the ball. And if whoever I start tomorrow night has a really good game and lets in one or two and is excellent, he's starting in Philly. You're damn right he is. So you know, I guess I start Campbell. I'm not really that. I don't care who starts that much because neither guy show me anything this year. But uh, it's probably Campbell's turn for a start. Why not? Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Uh, Mark Spector joins us. Um, you know, I, I, th- I think I would agree with the orders that it's not major panic time. Um, you know, there was long stretches of that game where they played well. But the problem is, Speck, that the errors we've seen in this game are the similar bad decisions yep. at key moments that we've seen in the past. Like Darnell Nurse, yep. there's Darnell re- Nurse. There's no reason, because the rest of the game, I don't know if Darnell Nurse made any mistake. He, you can look at all of his numbers. The rest of the game were amazing. But that one decision at a time where it didn't need to be made. He wasn't the yep. first defenseman in the zone. He was the second defenseman in the zone. And he's the left defenseman and the puck's on the right side. There is absolutely, and I know that you're expecting your teammate to shoot the puck on net, but it doesn't matter. And you can't make it. And to me, that's one where if I sit down, I'm Dave Manson, I'm like, explain to me why you're doing this. What are you thinking? Because whatever you're thinking there, it's wrong. Don't think it again. At that time, (laughs) we don't need it. I'm sorry. We don't need it. No, Like, they didn't need it. It was in the second period. It wasn't the third period. It was the second period. He's literally the fifth oiler. Yes. You know, coming up the ice that time. And and as a defenseman, you have to say, okay, we got there's four guys who are in position here for rebounds and to create offense. I got to I got to make sure that there's somebody playing defense here. So, you know what, Darnell Nurse, he did he has had a good game, and, and I've not I know the town. What did he say? They blame me for traffic on Jasper Avenue. <laughs> uh, I know this town and this fan base is all over him because of what he makes, and I've not been that guy. I've always I, I realize that he plays against the best people. He's got the toughest assignments. Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of things he does that I like. But I'll tell you what, that's a sign right there. This guy's going to be a leader on a Stanley Cup championship team one day, or that's what he wants to be. He's got to grow up, right? That's a, that's a kid's mistake that he made there. And I don't care if it's the only one he made in the whole game, Jason. Yep. 
right? This team is counting on that player to be a rock-solid defenseman and to take them to places they haven't been in a long, long time. And that's not a mistake that that player makes, right? If you're going to be that player, it's not the, you don't make that mistake. And he made it again. So he's just one of a bunch of guys that needs to settle the game down a little bit and get consistent and get better. Because right now, they got too many guys making one mistake each, and they're losing. Uh, it's, it's, again, early on, but I really liked Holloway and Fogel. And uh, you know what? So Fogel goes up, uh, Brown comes down, and, you know, Connor Brown, it's two games, but he hasn't really looked impactful. It hasn't really looked dangerous at all. I barely noticed him on the ice. No, I barely noticed him either, but, but he's got the, you know, he's, of all the players, he's on a new team and he's coming off a torn ACL and he hasn't played a game in 12 months. So, uh, you know, everybody said it. Drysaddle said it. McDavid said it. We've got to be patient with this guy a little bit. Give him a little bit of time. I yeah. agree with that. Fair. I agree with that. Big major injury guy. You know, I've watched hockey long enough to know the major injury guys need time. He needs time. Yeah. So, I actually... And so because he needs time, it's the right decision, though, to move him down where there's better chance of success and there's less pressure of needing to produce when early on maybe you're not ready to produce. Well, like, I like the, I really like the makeup of that third line, and I'm sure they'll get back to it. And I'm sure Connor Brown will get his shot back in the top six to be that player. But I, I guess what happens here is the coaches have watched the film on these last two games and said he's just not ready to take that much ice time. He's not ready to play next to Connor McDavid, and and I'll you know I defer to the coaches on that. If that's what they think that he's got to play somewhere because you can't put him in the press box, no, and that means you got to move your lines around. So, so you know I don't think this Drysaddle McDavid on the same line is going to last forever. So at some point you're going to have to find a winger for McDavid on the right side, and let's figure that out when the time comes. But uh, this is about giving Connor Brown a little bit less to chew on here. His plate's awfully full. Mark Spector joins us uh, from Nashville. Speck, what are you expecting from the Preds tomorrow? You know, they're a younger team. You know, Burnett's coaching them. They got UC Soros. They play hard. And maybe that's what Edmonton needs because Edmonton has to match the hardness at, at the, you know, for anybody who coaches minor hockey, a lot of them use the term protect the house, which is, you know, that area right in front of your net. And you got to be stronger in the house and both ends of the ring for Edmonton. And I think Nashville's probably going to push them. And if they don't do it, they could find themselves 0-3. Yeah, I, listen, I, I'm not of the mind that I don't care who the Oilers are playing. You know, I still look at Edmonton as an elite team in the National Hockey League. I think everybody would. And it's about Edmonton playing the way Edmonton plays. I, I don't, I'm not concerned with their opponent uh, at this point. I think that if, if they were playing the, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow, I would expect them to, to get their poop in a group here and play a much stronger brand of hockey all the way through. And if it's Nashville and when it's Philly, uh, I guess the difference is, to me, if the Oilers play the way they can play, they, they beat Nashville, you know, eight nights out of ten. And if they play the way they can play, they win in Philly too. So it's about the Oilers here, right? It's about, it's about Edmonton playing the way they can play. It's about getting some saves. It's about getting off the darn perimeter and getting some forwards inside and making it hard on the other team's defense. And it's about getting some saves. And all those things happen, Jay. You might actually get a W here once in a while. Oh, yeah. Hey, Specker, speaking <laughs> of getting a W, that's all they've gotten. I know you're a huge baseball guy, so I have to ask you. The Texas Rangers are 6-0 and in the postseason. They swept the Rays. They swept Baltimore, and they beat Houston uh, one nothing wow. in their first game. And now they're uh, leading 5-4 in the uh, bottom of the eighth uh, in game two. You talk about just getting on a run. 
Uh, what do you make of the Rangers so far in the postseason? Oh, isn't that crazy? I mean, that's a that's a team that was in that wild card race behind Toronto, and we weren't even sure who was going to make it, or if there was Seattle not going to beat out Texas at one point very late in the season. I mean, they crawled in, you know. And hey, baseball—it's a goofy year in baseball. You know, I think we talked about this. The top six baseball teams in the major leagues regular season combined to win one postseason game this year, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you know, so when you get one of those years, man, it's just it's one of those voodoo postseasons for baseball. And Texas has ride it hard. I mean, when they lose one, they might lose 10. <laughs> so I guess they could only lose four at this point. But uh, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, this is where Vegas gets rich, pal. And this is where the odd guy hits a long shot. But it'd be a tough – if you were betting baseball this spring or fall, uh, I suspect it'd be a tough year. Might be. Well, uh, Speck, uh, enjoy Nashville's. Uh, are you going to Tootsie's tonight? No, straight to uh, I'm going to stop at church, and then I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you genuflex while you're there, okay? Yeah, I will for sure, bud. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Mark Spector from uh, Rogers Sportsnet. The uh, Speck Report brought to you by GS Construction. Uh, when we return, whew, this is the guy you're going to want to hear from. Kevin Woodley. Will give us a breakdown. What has he seen? What what's gone wrong? Skinner, Campbell. Is it major errors? Is it just little technical things? We will find out next on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 523. Welcome back. Jason Greger Show. Sports 1440. Live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Hey guys, maybe Nurse needs a true top pairing defense partner. He does too much by himself against the league's best. CC's not the answer. Trade him with picks and our prospects and get an actual top four right D. Well, I, I really don't think darn a lot of Darnell Nurse's issues. Like, look at the play last game. If he has a right defense when he pinches down, if Nurse, it doesn't matter if he's playing with Kale McCarr at that point. If Nurse doesn't choose to make the right decision, then guess what? It's a 2 on all the other way. Nurse's biggest challenge at times is himself he just needs to less is more with him because he does a lot of things very well makes a lot of really good plays but then he has that he has the tendency and the penchant to when it's an error it's a 10 bell error and he just has to eliminate that and honestly i don't even think it's that difficult right just look okay ease off right it's great that you want guys who want to do lots, but if you're constantly wanting to do lots and it ends up hurting the team, eventually you have to look and say, guess what? Not anymore. So, we'll see. Get to uh, Kevin Woodland now. Uh, we've been waiting for this. It should be uh, very interesting order fans, patiently waiting uh, what's going to happen when we discuss the uh, the goaltending today as we go around the NHL. Brought to you by Mick. Donald's Monopoly is back, baby. Um, more ways and more chances to play. First peel on your pack, then you can peel in the app. All the rules at mickdpromotion.ca. mickdpromotion.ca. is Kevin Woodley from Ingo Magazine and NHL.com. Joins us, and I know, Kev, you're watching the Vancouver-Edmonton games uh, very closely, so it's perfect. Order fans want answers. When you look at the goaltending, and we'll start, I guess, with Campbell or Skinner, do you see anything technically that's a major concern with either one? It's actually a good question. Um, the short answer is no. Like, it's not like I'm watching them and I'm, I'm like, wow, like, 
this is off. This has changed from last year. This needs to change. Um, it's funny, you know, we, we, I mean, look at, look, look at the game the other night. Uh, you can nitpick the game winning goal um, in terms of Stewart's down in a blocking position by the time his shot re- is released by Sam Lafferty. But take a look at where that's released from. Like that's inside the bottom of the faceoff circle. Like you're almost into a blocking zone at that point. That's a pretty tough spot to react from. And it's a tough puck to read off the stick blade because Ekholm's trying to stop him. Like I thought Lafferty looked like Ekholm maybe underestimated the speed of Sam Lafferty and allowed him to get wide on him. And I thought Lafferty did a really nice job of sort of holding off that stick. But when you look as a goaltender, there's some great replays on that one from behind the net where you look at just how much information you're trying to process at that point in terms of where Ekholm's stick is. And, and it's not just a clean release and it's from a spot on the ice where that's a tough save. And he puts it just above the pad on the blocker side. Like it's a tough shot. It sucks that it's the game-winning goal and it ends up with, you know, what was it, four on 16 or four on 15? Like that, at the end of the day, that, that doesn't look great. That's the one that you come back to. But when you look at the deflections, are, are, we, are we pinning those on the goaltender? Like those are tips right in front of them. What did I talk about the other day about the changes the Oilers were making in terms of how they defended and, and what I was worried about, if anything, for Stuart Skinner in his second season? As long as you defended the middle of the ice, he'd be fine. What didn't they defend on both of those deflections, the middle of the ice? Um, he's not a goaltender that's going to be on top of his crease, maybe taking away some of that angle on a tip right in front of him. And it's not like you can react to a puck that changes directions that close to you, right? Like if you're not, as he was, going to cradle that second puck, then it's going to hit you and fall down at the feet of that forward and you've given up a bad rebound. Like he's moving to catch a puck that's headed towards his chest and the guy makes a good tip right in front of him. So, and the other one's a two on O where I think you could make an argument that he was anticipating a pack pass back to Pedersen and was maybe a little late on a shot by Stadnika. But if I'm reading that play as an NHL goaltender and God knows I ain't, but if I'm reading that play, I'm thinking that the pass is coming back on a two on O to the Canucks best player. And so, yeah, I might flatten out and cheat that way a little bit as much as, you know, we, you in a perfect world want to play everything straight away and squared up. It's that anticipation that separates good goaltenders. And it looked like that's what he is anticipating. And, you know, all credit in the world to Jack Stadnika, a guy who just got called up on emergency conditions uh, for having the balls, frankly, to take that shot on a two on O with Pedersen waiting with a one-time option on the other side. So I, I, I know, listen, I get it. I, I see where the concern is. The numbers are not pretty. The adjusted numbers are not pretty. Both of the deflection goals get categorized, and this is where we can pick nits about how analytics work. They both get categorized as mid-percentage chances, not not super high danger. And so, yeah, right now, adjusted save percentage, Stuart Skinner's the worst in the National Hockey League. But I- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I still watch those two games, and I'm not sure I'm super worried about goaltending as a whole. I do have some questions, actually almost feel like I got to flip the tables on you here, Jason, because as I watch some of the hesitancy 
in their game defensively. And don't forget that a goaltender doesn't just read off what an attacking player is trying to do. So much of your reads defensively are based on trusting what your teammates are going to do. This is the one thing I've learned big time from In Goal Magazine. We do those pro reads every week where NHL goalies sit down with us and review video. It's amazing to me how many times I expect the answer to be about what the offensive player is doing. And the answer I get from some of the best in the game is I am playing it this way because I trust my defenseman to do this, or I know that I've got a back checking forward here and that lane's covered. So much of what they do as goaltenders is based on reading what their team is doing in front of them. And there seems to be a little hesitancy in the Oilers game defensively, which given everything we said about where they were defensively last year, and the numbers were promising. The change and the need for change in terms of the structure and to switch to more of a zone defense from a distance, from the outside, reading about it and seeing some of that hesitancy in their game. Maybe you can help me with this as somebody who's more plugged in locally. The, the, why the need for that change? Because I didn't think it was broken last year. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I think they they felt like when when they had breakdowns, they were they were big ones and glaring. So I know that they were trying to make it a little bit um easier for their center iceman not you know not as much movement for their center iceman at times and i know that was part of it they were going to be a little bit more passive the thing was when i look at the goals they've scored like vancouver's barely been in the defensive zone with any sort of sustained pressure none of their like peterson goal off the rush lafferty goal off the rush okay deflection on a power play that's not even you know that's a different system than five on five right like you, and then you go back to the games in vancouver you had three on the power play you had uh, three on the rush one was off a of face off and so you know their face off structure is different than a whole defensive thing because it basically went point point shot right it went off a skate in front of the net that's not a system one like i really don't think I the order the best the one in game one was the one where it was most glaring i thought you're right and that's not a majority of them. yeah that's but fair. but even and even the one in, in game one if you go back and look well first of all bouchard you can't lose a battle that easily when you have complete control of the puck right so that started it then it um it went and they have they had three guys in the area but none of them went to the right guy so that's fair that's the one i could say okay that's one goal but i just look at the end of the day for the goaltenders and we talk about deflections well casey de smith found ways to stop deflections at some point your goalie has to make a save you can't have a 750 save percentage in two consecutive nhl games and say wow there's nothing wrong with our goalies like to me you got to find a way to make a save Jack Campbell's performance in the opening night was barely below expected. That's I, I think you throw the opening night out, to be honest with you. They got washed. They weren't ready to play. I thought the coaching staff, like I, I was in that scrum with Jay Woodcroft after, and I thought he he summed it up beautifully. And so when I look at Campbell's night in that one, like the bounces he had, you know, even before the Besser goal where he picks it out of the air, like I like the save he made on the rebound off JT Miller on a tough chance. Uh, again, on a rush play that they didn't sort out very well. Good play by Besser over to Ronick. Coming again down, what do we talk about? The middle of the ice, coming down the middle of the ice on check. You know, the rebound spills out to his right because it's off the right pad, but I like the rebound save he made. He gets a like to me, Campbell actually, ironically, wasn't terrible. I know it's four I on agree. 16, but I it was agree. actually four on 16 that was pretty close to expected. Like they, they generated on those 16 shots almost three and a half goals. So yeah, to me, it's it's almost two different games and two different situations. And um, the one thing I will say about the reads and reading off the defense is when you can't, when you don't feel like you have that in your game. When you are, if you see any hesitation elsewhere in the defensive zone, even when it's not the cause of goals, it causes you to think twice 
If everybody else is thinking about what they're doing, so are you as a goaltender. It can just bleed into other parts of your game. Again, we're two games in, tiny sample. Obviously, they got goalied on Saturday night by Casey DeSmith. And I would point out a Canucks team that did a really good job for the most part of winning the battles to second pucks in front of DeSmith. Yes. They were oh, yes. on, on 100%. 39 chances. The Edmonton Oilers generated 15 rebounds, but only a couple of rebound shots. So that's not just Casey DeSmith. That's the team in front of him being more committed to boxing out, winning battles, and clearing pucks, frankly, than I've seen the Vancouver Canucks in as long as I can remember. And that's where I think that there's two sides to that coin. There's the Vancouver Canucks under Rick Tockett being ready to start the season and being very geared up for the Edmonton Oilers. But there's also in game two, in, on a night where the Oilers dominated possession and should have won the game um, on, uh, by almost any metric, I heard Evander Kane or read Evander Kane talking today about getting to the dirty areas. I didn't think they won a lot of those battles. When they did, they got loose puck goals. The one early in the game uh, and the one McDavid on the power play where he's able to fish that puck out of the crowd and put it into a mostly empty net. Other than that, I don't think they won enough of those battles against the Canucks team that is early on vastly improved in that area because it's an area they struggled mightily in in years past. Kevin Woodley from Ingold Magazine NHL and NHL.com joins. Kevin, we've had a few people wondering, does Stuart, Stuart Skinner, is, if he's on the top of his crease for those deflections, is that better positioning or is that just where he plays? Right? Or is the or is, are they being coached to play too deep? What do you make of that? we got a few people well, texting uh, in. And this is, this is a give and take. Like everything in goaltending is give and take. And I don't know what's being coached to so much as it. That's where – like Stewart's a big body, right? Like he, he's a big boy. And so he doesn't need to be as far out in his crease to take out or to take up a bunch of the net. Um, if you do get to the edge of your crease, like naturally, like like think of this rule of thumb for deflections for goaltenders. The closer I am to the deflection point, the less room that deflected yes. puck has to change angle to get past me. Like I'm sort of closing, literally closing on that path of deflection and less likely it gets by me. Now, easy on the tip but you don't often make clean saves off deflection. So the give and take is if I'm at the top of my crease, and let's be honest, we've talked about this. That's not where he plays for the most part. That's just not his game. But if he is at the top of the crease and gets a piece of it, um, there's a good chance there's loose change around him. And then that's where you're counting on your defenseman to win those battles. And of course, when two pucks go in, most people are going to say, well, hey, give me the first save and worry about the second chance later on. Um, but that's the, you know, that if they're going to give up those lanes through the middle of the ice and I'll, and not tie up sticks in front, then that's an adjustment he's going to have to make as a goaltender because those are tough chances to deal with otherwise. Now let's look at a, at a few other ones quickly. Uh, other goalies around the, uh, the league it's early on Demko. I thought looked great in his first game. And when he's healthy, I think that's going to be a big difference, uh, uh, for them. What do you make of Carolina? And I don't know if you had a chance to watch, like, you know, Freddie Anderson's 2-0, and but he's got like an 867 save percentage, right? Like he's, They've been giving up a ton of goals in Carolina, which is kind of surprising. It's very early on, but they've given up 14 goals in three games, Kev. Yeah, and and i got to be honest with you, a lot of it, like normally you'd, you'd look at, um, you'd kind of look at what they're giving up chances-wise and be like, oh, well, hey, it's early in the season, they're loose defensively, and this isn't on the goaltending, but they're still top team, top top 10, pardon me, defensively in sort of everything except five-on-five five defensive zone play. Like they've struggled, that new pairing um, has struggled with Tony D'Angelo, 
Um, and I'm brain cramping on the guy who came over from, from Washington to Boston to Orlando. Oh, yeah. There we go. That his part, those two have struggled defensively a little bit. Um, and obviously that's going to take some time for reads. I, I don't think any of us thinks of Tony D'Angelo as an exceptional defender. Um, but this is on goaltending, right? Auntie Ronza had a rough night the other night. You, you mentioned Freddie Anderson. Hey, took him in my hockey pool. Um, mostly because of the environment he's in, because I know there are going to be nights where he's going to win and get me two points in my hockey pool, despite maybe not being on top of his game. Uh, I thought like the adjusted numbers weren't as kind to Freddie last year. And so I worried about a step back there. Um, but then I watched him closely in the playoffs and I loved his game. So um, like to me, two, two, three games in, I guess now, if you're the Carolina hurricanes, uh, your defensive zone play five on five is a concern. I think you trust like Auntie Ranta had a rough night the other night, but Auntie Ranta's also, you know, traditionally over the past number of years, when healthy, being an exceptional goaltender. So you're not panicking on his first start of the season. And let's not forget, a lot of these numbers are skewed because if I'm not mistaken, again, top of my head, um, but they've played three and two of those are a back to back situation with travel. So um, that's going to have an effect on it in terms of tire legs in front of Auntie Ranta. Yeah, but L, but LA to Anaheim isn't travel, buddy. Let's be real. Well, no, but in <laughs> fairness, it, it's early in a season, uh, early enough in a road trip that their body clocks may still be on Carolina time. They're out West. They they're playing, you know, what uh, three and four to start the season. So listen, I'm not trying to make like goalie union card, making excuses for all the goalies early. Like I said, at the top of the top of this question, the numbers other than one category aren't terrible defensively. This has been on the goaltenders, but it's not at a point where I'm panicking three games into the season. And uh, lastly, before we let you go, because, uh, um, you know, Oiler fans, uh, you know, when they struggle, they're like, hey, Schwartz has done nothing as a goalie coach. He's never improved any goalie. And I actually think there's some numbers to discount that uh, state. But where do you come out on Edmonton's goalie coach? Um, I'm, I'm biased. Uh, I've built a relationship with Dustin Schwartz uh, dating back to working with him at Hockey Canada's POE. Uh, I think he's an excellent coach. I've watched him work with young goalies. Uh, anybody that says uh, that he hasn't done anything, just take a, I mean, was, am I wrong? Was Stuart Skinner an all-star last year? Did I miss that? Was that was Dustin Schwartz's pick? I watched those two work for the first time together at that one of those POE camps and saw where that sort of light bulb went off that he had something he could work with. I don't know a lot of other people that had Stuart Skinner pegged as a can't miss NHL goaltender when he was drafted, frankly. And yet here we are a relative short time later, given pedigree and he's in the NHL, you know, last year as, as a number one goaltender, there might be some ups and downs this year. We talked about that second yep. year, um, but like he's case in point. And that's one of the few guys that I think Schwartz has had a strong role in, in selecting. I don't know for a fact, because you know, when you have relationships with guys, you, you know, you don't cross that line by asking them for information that would put them on the spot and therefore put me on the spot right now. So I don't know how much of a voice he's had in selecting some of the other goaltenders that he's gotten to work with. But based on what I think are his preferences in terms of goalie styles, I, you know, I don't know that he would have been cheerleading for, for some of these signings. And so, um, yay. I, and, and listen, that's the other thing. I'm not ready to completely dismiss how Jack Campbell looked in the preseason based on one game. Agreed. I still think I still think there are improvements there. I guess I would say at the end of all that, Mikko Koskinen, Mike Smith had some of the best years of his career late there. So I don't know. I, I know goaltending is an easy target. I don't think I lay this at the feet of Dustin Schwartz. Matter of fact, I know I don't. But as as I admitted at the beginning, I've got biases here. I watch him work. I watch goalies get better. Um, let me put it this way. The last time I had a market that I did regular work in, 
glom onto the goalie coach as the target was in Winnipeg. And the next season, Connor Hellebuck won a best in the trophy. It was the year before that everybody in Winnipeg was ready to run Wade Flaherty out. Now I'd watched Wade work the same way I'd watched Dustin work and I'd watched his goaltenders respond to it. And Connor Hellebuck at a similar point in his career as, as Stuart Skinner had some early success, but had taken a bit of a step back was trying to make changes in his game that weren't innate and instinctual at that point. Mm -hmm. And everybody wanted to dump on Wade Flaherty is the reason for it. Well, Vesna Trophy, long-term contract. I don't think anybody in Winnipeg is questioning Wade Flaherty anymore. And I feel similarly similarly about Dustin Schwartz and the work he's done and will continue to do with the Edmonton Oilers. Kev, that's why we like to have you on the show, buddy. Give an opinion. It's perfect. Uh, thanks for this. Uh, we will chat with you next Monday. Perfect. Thanks, Jason. Enjoy another week of NHL hockey. That is uh, Kevin Woodley from Ingle Magazine and NHL.com. Com. It's uh, 5.43. Jason Greger. Uh, Connor Halley stepped out because he's on his way to Fort Saskatchewan. Say hi to the comment. I think the Duke will be there as well as it's the Chargers and the Cowboys at the Brew House in Fort Saskatchewan tonight. Stop in. See the fellas. They'll probably get you a beer as well. And they're going to try the first time. These two rookies have never tried the cauliflower uh, wings, which is basically cauliflower and hot sauce. It's unbelievable. It's one of the greatest things you'll ever have. If you haven't tried it, you should try it because it's amazing. We'll come back, wrap things up. Read lots of your texts. 4-0-833-401-1440. It's the Gregor Show on Sports 1440 Live and Owners Nation. YouTube presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Welcome back. Jason Gregor, Declan Kruger with you to uh, wrap up a busy uh, Monday. If you missed any parts of the show, of course, uh, individual interviews are at jasongregor.com. All the podcasts up uh, anywhere where you get uh, your podcasts, which is uh, fantastic. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can rewatch the show on uh, Orders Nation YouTube, which I know some of you do, and then you uh, send uh, some messages the next day, which always make me laugh, so uh, keep it company. Hey, Greg's uh, Woodley simply has it dialed in. He clearly sees the entire game and can speak to it on a technical level from each positional perspective and wraps it up through the goalie's eyes. Really like it. Nice. Hey, Greg's, you see your uh, nephew, Solid Tilt. <laughs> uh, I did, actually. I was watching that uh, during the uh, the commercial break, and I was joking with him earlier. I said, hey, when you when you play with Reeves, man, uh, you want to get on your good books, just drop the gloves once in the first five games. And, uh, and uh, trust me, those guys will love it. Um, it's obviously not what you need to do on a regular basis, but hey, every now and then, it's not a bad thing, right? And uh, it's not like, you know, Felino's uh, Connor Murphy's a pretty big dude. Right? He's like 6'4". It's the second time he's actually fought him. So good for him. Take it. Hey, guys, I really enjoy when you get Woodley on. He, he calms me down in my evaluations of the goaltenders. Keep it up from uh, Dan. Guys, really enjoy Woodley's breakdown. While I disagree, I think the goalies need to make a save. He's probably right on some of the other ones. And uh, makes me wonder why would they uh, consider altering their defensive system. Well, I, And, hey, like I said, I don't think, first of all, anything a tip on a power play has nothing to do with the defensive system they played before because it's not five on five. So I take that one out of the equation, right? Um, Edmonton hasn't spent much time in their D zone in those two games against Vancouver. Right? Most of the goals came within like three or four seconds of entering the zone. Lots of goals off the rush. So if anything, we might say, okay, this one, one, three. What's it doing? Now, the one one three had nothing to do with the uh, the fourth goal, or sorry, the third goal, where it's a 2 one on, right? That has nothing to do with it. You, you just, Darnell Nurse can't be that aggressive. There's no need for it, right, at all. No need to do it. So so that's one. Um, 
I look at at their overall. I, I never saw Vancouver have any sort of extended pressure in the offensive zone. I never thought like, oh, geez, look at Edmonton's reeling. Guys are out of position now. They're scrambling. You didn't see that. So, again, to me, it comes down to the big errors are what's costing them. That is, to me, that's their big issue right now. Big issue. And that's just got to come from between the ears, man. So. Uh, Gregor, Nurse was uh, tapping his stick. I'm open. I'm open. Why is he open? Because the other team was getting ready for the next loose puck. Well, not really. Right? If, if, now, Sure, Nurse could think he's open, but it doesn't mean it's the right read. And then number two, the uh, it was more of a shot that misses the net far side, and, you, and that can't happen, right? Like on any goal, there's never one. There's usually a few combination of errors. Nurse made the one error. You don't need to be attacking there. Now, if that was a one-off, be like, okay, you know what? The orders haven't scored much, 5-on-5. Five five. You're being aggressive. Okay, you get caught up in the moment. It happens. And in the game of hockey, there will be incorrect split-second decisions. Happens all the time. But Nurse has the propensity to have made the big glaring error at time when he's trying to do too much. I don't believe at that point it was necessary to go in. Now, you know what? He can tell you that, hey, this is what I saw, and that's fine. But you have to read that the other defenseman's already in. You can't go in. Just doesn't, doesn't happen. So... Hey, guys, should there be concern for Kane? He's done not very little since the injury from Chris and Victoria. Well, Chris, he scored 16 goals in 41 games last year. It's 32-goal pace, so I, I wouldn't say it was nothing. Um, I look at Kane, and can he bring more than he brought through the first two games? Without question. No question in my mind he can do it, right? What did he have? Three goals. I can't remember. Was it three goals in the in the, in the playoffs? Not great, but not awful. Like three and 12, right? Times that. So if you got 12, you know, you do that over a 72. Yeah, it's, it's for him, that's a 20-goal pace. It would be higher, right? If he had five goals, a few more, sure. Um, I think, I don't think injury is an issue at all for him. So I, uh, I just think he's got to play a little bit better. So that's just, that's just me. And I think he's capable of doing it without question. And you know what? Hey, he's going to be given an opportunity for sure. If he's doing it um, tomorrow night, playing with uh, both of uh, McDavid and Drysaddle, which it looks like it's going to be. So we'll see how it goes. Thanks. Oh, you know what? The text line was humming today. I love it. Hey, Greg's why is Woodley not a goalie coach? We'll ask him that next week. Being a goalie coach isn't that easy, for sure. Right? But I'll let Kevin answer that because I can't answer it honestly. On behalf of Declan Kruger, Connor Halley, I'm Jason Greger. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy it. How about this? The Rangers, 7-0, baby. Oh, my goodness. Are they ever going to lose? Imagine if they went undefeated in the postseason. Woo! That'd be unbelievable. But uh, they are 7-0. And uh, three wins away now from the World Series. Let's get to Declan Kruger and a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter at LegacyHeating.ca. Good night. 
Kansas Sports 1440 update. And one last time from us today, it is your Sports 1440 update. Week 6 in the NFL wraps up tonight as the Los Angeles Chargers host the Dallas Cowboys kickoff starting in just about 20 minutes here. You can join Connor Halley at the Fort Saskatchewan Canadian Brew House for your chance to qualify for a trip to the Super Bowl in Vegas. Seattle Kraken will be without the services of forward Brandon Tanev for four to six weeks with a lower body injury. Tanev suffered the injury during the team's 4-1 season opening loss to the Vegas Golden Knights around the NHL. Blackhawks and Maple Leafs tied at zero at the end of the first. Panthers up 2-0 on the Devil also at the end of the first. Rangers up 1-0 on the Coyotes. Flames up 2-0 on the Capitals. And the Red Wings up 1-0 on the Columbus Blue Jackets. In MLB playoffs today, it was the Texas Rangers getting it done 5-4 against the Houston Astros to move to 7-0 in the postseason and 2-0 in this series. Diamondbacks and Phillies going to get going in about 10 minutes or so here. One game in the AJ is Calgary hosts White Court at seven. And a new edition of the CIS rankings came out earlier today. U of A Golden Bears still sitting at number nine. That's going to do it for us today. On behalf of Connor Halley, I am Declan Kruger with your Sports 1440 update. Carrius and Douglas back tomorrow, 7 a.m. And Fox Sports coming to you at nine.